Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into another live edition of the Believe in Steelers show. I'm Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion, Pittsburgh Steelers scout, and the man known as Swaggin' You, Ike Taylor, IT, recording this on Friday morning. We are live on YouTube. Good to see you, my man. Mark, what's happening, baby? Steelers going to look to regroup in week two. We have a loaded show. Talk about the Jets will do at quarterback now that Aaron Rodgers is out for the season. Talking about grass turf versus uh, grass versus playing on turf. Also the Eagles over the Vikings on Thursday night football. But Ike, speaking of prime time, got the Steelers on Monday night hosting the Cleveland Browns. Ike, the matchup everyone's going to be talking about is TJ Watt off the edge going against the rookie for the Browns, I've got the name here, Dewan Jones. But to me, the Browns are going to put a lot of time and attention to this matchup, meaning if it's Alex Highsmith one-on-one against Jadrick Wills, if you have DeMarvin Leal, if you have uh, Keanu Benton, they're going to get one-on-one matchups that they need to exploit because of the attention Watt is going to garner. That's what I'm watching in this one as the Steelers try to slow down Nick Chubb and the Browns running game. Yeah, they're they going to be concerned about T.J. Watt, Mark, but they're going to come in the same game plan what they did last week. His, his name going to be Big Chubbs. They're going to run Nick Chubbs. Cam is out. Uh, one of the founders sitting in the middle. When you got a Cam out, what you want to do? Um, you want to run it right up the gut. So I think the Cleveland Browns uh, formula going to be, let's do what we did last week. Let's control the clock. Let's keep T.J. White off our quarterback, Alex Highsmith off our quarterback, and let's run the ball. And by the way, Cam is not going to be playing this game. Let's run the ball. So let's play good defense. They played good defense last week. So they first rounders, second rounders, they've been drafting over, this, over the course of three or four years. They starting to play together. So run the ball, play D, let Deshaun, um, if needed, make a few plays and get out the stadium with the W. But I don't think the game plan for the Cleveland Browns is going to be uh, very, very stressful at all. And what I mean by that is it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be Chubbs all day. Yeah, uh, Jack Conklin out for the Browns, which is why they're going to start the rookie. And that's a tall task for any right tackle, even if Conklin were healthy and trying to slow down T.J. Watt. But the Steelers, everyone knows about this, Ike, and we recorded an emergency pod earlier this week. Cam Hayward's going to be on IR out with the groin injury, meaning the earliest he can come, can come back and return to the field is after the bye week. And then Deontay Johnson will miss the next few games uh, as he recoups from a hamstring injury. So he'll be out as well. But losing Jack Conklin, too, it's not like the Steelers are the only team going into this matchup with injury issues. And how the teams cope, they have an extra day to prepare as well, given that this game is on Monday night. Uh, Steelers got to regroup and they got to look better. I'm curious to see, okay, we were very impressed with the Browns performance against the Bengals in week one coming off a 24 to three victory. Can the Steelers regroup after the blowout loss to the 49ers? And it's like, did the Steelers look that bad or the 49ers that good? Did the Browns look that good or the Bengals just rusty considering Joe Burrow didn't practice much with his own uh, injury in training camp. So how all that comes to uh, 
comes to fruition on Monday night. I can't wait to see how that hangs out because right now we just have a one-game sample size. Yeah, between a rookie um, for Cleveland and, and Jack, you got to understand the, the best thing you can do for those guys is let them use their weight. And what you're going to do, you're going to run the ball. Um, you don't want to put them guys in situations when you have them high Smiths and them TJ Watts coming off the edge because TJ, regardless on who he's playing, he's still going to get his three sacks when he did last week, yeah. uh, two force fumble in the fumble recovery. That's what TJ Watt do. So if you're looking for a star who's always going to be healthy, you're going to get T.J. Watt going against a rookie. Now I'm going to go out on running ball. If I, have, if I catch a rookie over there, I'm sure he's going to have a, a, a Chubbs blocking or an extra tight end to help the rookie out. But, you know, you got two tackles, you know, pretty much starting coming off that edge, man. You don't want to pass the ball. And I don't think they want Deshaun to drop back to force that offensive lineman um, to, to, to handle a high Smith and a T.J. Watt coming off the edge. So you're going to have to run the ball. Yeah. Ike, that's going to be huge, and that was something the Steelers couldn't do in week one. Only 10 rushes, 41 yards. They had to abandon the run because the clock then became a factor when it's a two-score game or a multi-score game. Now, the Browns haven't been 2-0, Ike, since 1993. That was the year I was born. So the Browns have had a – it's been a long time since they've been consistently good. I know Browns fans might be watching this and say, Mark, don't you remember the playoffs a few seasons back? I do. But the Browns typically don't start out hot. And again, haven't been 2-0 since 1993. The Steelers are at home again at Acrisure. I didn't expect the Steelers to win against the 49ers. I also didn't expect a blowout. I do think they'll regroup in week two. Um, but I I think this is a must-win game for the Steelers. And people are going to say, in week two, how how is that? No, I look at the statistical probability as if your team starts out 0-2, you're digging yourself a deep, deep hole to then go on and make the playoffs. It's not impossible. We saw the Bengals do it a year ago, but that Bengals team is the exception, not the norm for teams that start out 0-2 in a season. It's, it's a must-win because this is a divisional game, Mark. You know, you sweep your division, that's, a, that's an automatic playoff berth. Or you, you come number one in your division, that's an automatic playoff berth. So, yeah, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, that's that's why we draft the way we draft. We draft yep. for our division. So yes, you know this is a must win because it's a divisional game. Yeah, yeah, Ike, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, player to watch: Najee Harris, Ike, because he's averaged almost 104 yards rushing in four games against the Browns. Can he get going? And it's been a lot of criticism in the offseason of Najee to say, "Oh, Jalen Warren's better." I like Jalen Warren as well. I'm just also a proponent of if Jalen Warren had the same sample size as Najee Harris, I think you would see very, very similar levels of production. He's the player I'm watching in this game because I, I go back to what you said off the top with Nick Chubb. And again, this was an issue in week one, too, when time of possession became a factor. Your defense is on the field for long periods and fatigue comes into fruition. I know this game's at night, but it's still early on in the season when it's a lot warmer out compared to when things cool off in October, November, December, and January. Right. So, I mean, Najee, I mean, Jalen, we always look at the, the, the backup as the savior for some reason, whether it's running backs or whether it's quarterbacks, then you find out, hey, man, once these teams start game planning for you, it's a different story. But Jalen already said it. Jalen said it a couple of weeks ago coming out of training camp. Najee is the bell cow. I'm here to help. Plain and simple. So 
I get right now Jalen is the fan favorite, but when you got a guy like Najee, um, you just got to get him in the rhythm. You got to feed him the ball. The last week wasn't the time to feed him the ball because we got so far behind and we ran out of time. So Najee couldn't be Najee, but it's going. It's this 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 the game right here where it's going to be Chubbs and Najee. So we 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 shall see who gonna get that hundred, who gonna get that hundred plus, and who will have the most touchdowns rushing. Yeah, Ike, it's going to be tough slowing down Miles Garrett. I saw the Browns moved him around against the Bengals, too. And we talked about the Eurostep move that Miles Garrett has off the edge. Uh, that, like, he was doing fake crossovers at the line of scrimmage and just uh, causing disruption for the Bengals in week one. Slowing him down is a tough task for whoever is lined up across from him. So that's going to be key as well. And then the secondary, too, uh, Mari Cooper, as good a route runner as there is in the league. So whether it's Patrick Peterson, Levi Wallace, I think Joey Porter Jr. will get some more snaps this week, too, uh, slowing him down in the passing game, too. Someone we don't talk a lot about, Amari Cooper, but there's a consistency there year in and year out that he provides at the receiver position where uh, these are just players the Steelers are going to have to stop where – Find the Steelers defense. It's Chubb number one, uh, Cooper, and then uh, Najoku as well as a playmaker at the tight end position as well. Like those are the three where it's like, all right, I, I really have to know where Chubb is in the backfield, but Cooper on the outside for me too. Uh, it's the reason why the Steelers drafted Joey Porter Jr. It's the reason why the Steelers drafted Corey Trice Jr. Is going to miss the season, but uh, revamping the secondary. It's the reason you bring in Patrick Peterson. Uh, I want to see that short up in week two because the Steelers allowed almost 400 yards of offense because the 49ers in week one. Yeah, Mark, I mean, Miles, Miles Garrett was in his zone. He was in the matrix coming off that Cincinnati game. How you get him out the zone? You run it. How you get T.J. Watt out the zone? You run it. How you get Alex Highsmith out the zone? You run it. All these great pass rushers, you run the ball. And when you have time, um, when you get a feel for when your offensive line is clicking and you're up in the game and you want to control the clock, that's exactly what you do. You get these guys out the zone by running the ball. So that's why I think it's going to be heavy running, heavy running this game between both teams um, to keep these pass rushes from getting on their quarterbacks. One thing I want to see the Steelers do sooner rather than later in this season, Ike, Matt Canada taking over as the OC in 2021. He was the quarterback's coach before that under Randy Feekner. During that time, the Steelers' offense hasn't had a 400-yard game. Every other NFL team has had at least three. I don't think it comes this week against the Browns, but I don't think the offense can look much worse than it did against the 49ers. That being said, I think the 49ers' team's out for blood this year, and I fully expect them to contend in the NFC Got to get this offense rolling at home and get the home crowd into it. A stat they had during the broadcast last week, Ike, that I thought was very telling. The Steelers were 6-0 a season ago when they scored first in games. You get a fast start. A lot of these are cliches, Ike. You can say them about a lot of football games, but the Steelers were 6-0 in games last year where they scored first. They score first on Monday night. I like them to take care of business against the Browns. Yeah, I mean, to rewind what you just said, San Fran, San Fran got a heck of a roster. And, and, and San Fran, uh, they got a lot of stuff on their mind it's, it, and it's, 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 it's bad intentions, you know? So San Fran style is a, is yeah. a little bit 
When I look at San Fran, I think of our defense in 2005 when I look at their defense. Just straight bullies. Wow. Just straight bullies. So when you're a game away um, from going to the Super Bowl, and the only reason why you didn't make it because you're starting quarterback uh, to his elbow, it's the reason why. Then your starting quarterback come, I think he's 7-0 since he's been a starter so far. Mm -hmm. Brock Purdy, he's 7-0. Mm -hmm. So when you just look at, look at it statistically, when you look at the genius of Kyle Shanahan, when you look at the roster on that defensive side, and what I mean on that defensive side is, you know, you got a, you got a general manager who once played in the Hall of Fame safety, yep. and his style was very violent. So when he's drafting, guess what kind of guys he's drafting? He's drafting very violent guys, whether they're, they're on the offensive side or defensive side, but especially on the defensive side, Mark. So we, we can't forget San Fran was one game away, so that means we have a few things we need to work on. We, you couldn't pick a, a better team to play, so say, than San Fran that first game, but San Fran just let you know where you was at. Um, coming back to the Cleveland Browns, Mark, like I say, it's that divisional game, bro. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, you want to take care, and we call that home. We call division home. You want to take care of home first. It was a litmus test game in week one, Ike, and I thought last year's blowout losses against the Eagles and Bills was behind the Steelers group. But I want to put it to you very simply about how highly I think of the 49ers. It'd be very simple, Ike. What other team could miss on a first-round draft pick at the quarterback position and not miss a beat? In all seriousness, and that's what Brock Purdy's been able to do. If Brock Purdy is like a B, B minus at quarterbacks, every single position group, it's just like, oh, that guy's a dog. That guy's an all pro player. That guy's a pro bowl player. I don't know if there's any other team that could say, we are going to miss on our first round quarterback and Trey Lance. And I know injuries contribute to that and not miss a beat. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's another team. I don't you, think there is. You got to understand too, Mark. When you when you got a former when you got a former when your head coach is a former when he's been around football all his life, Kyle with his dad, um, Mike. When you got a GM, Hall of Fame GM, what you get in those two dudes is honesty. So they ain't got time to be BSing each other and BSing the team. So they they understand and they see what that locker room look like. So when it's you know how hard it is to be like I missed on this one. Like when you when you're honest like that out in the public with general manager uh John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan was like, look, we missed on this one. First they traded round, up to get him, didn't they? And they missed, they traded up two spots. They, they I think a first and a third. And we but th that ain't the point. The point that you can say I missed on this one. There's not too many GMs or coaches, because GMs and coaches want to be right all the time. They came out publicly and was like, yeah, we missed on this. We found one late, but we missed. We missed on which trade the best, but we missed on. Man, you know how hard that is. You know, you you know how much of a man you have to be, letting your ego and your pride aside, and and say publicly, we wish the best for Trey, but we missed. We missed on this one, because at that level, everybody wants to be right, and and they and they 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 will force the issue to make themselves look right, and that will hurt the team in the long run. And but let's double catch, down right. on that too, Ike, at the quarterback position as well. Not just any other position, the, yeah, quarterback. the quarterback. Yeah, but but when you got a when you got a Kyle Shanahan, and I think 
Kyle, Kyle understood what it was when he was with Atlanta, when they was up against the New England Patriots, and instead of running, I think it's I think it's still in his mind when he was the OC. I think it's still in his mind when they when when they lost that Super Bowl against the Patriots, when all they had to do was run the damn clock out because all you get is three timeouts. You come out with that W. From that point on, I personally think Coach Shanahan was like, if I do get a head coaching job, I'm gonna build this team. I'm gonna build this team exactly how my dad built his team. We're gonna run the damn ball, have good tight ends, Shannon Sharps, Kittles, uh, TD, McCaffrey, and a good O-line and a quarterback who is manageable who can move around a little bit with a hell of a defense. So I think Kyle was going into the wave as let's go points, let's go points, let's go points, let's go points, let's pass the ball. And then he just had to reflect back like, how the heck my dad won Super Bowls? Running a down ball, playing good defense. And that's the – and guys who are violent, whether you're on the offense or defensive side. When you see Brandon Ayuk blocking down the field, we already know what Debo Sam is bringing to the table. You already know what Kittle's bringing to the table. It's an attitude. It's the attitude. Then when you see Fred Fred Warner coming and shooting the gaps and looking like a heat-seeking missile, it's a it's a, it's an attitude. You get the you get the defensive player of the year. It's an attitude and and both. So it's an attitude. So you draft attitude. You want guys to be violent. You only get them kind of guys when you got a GM who played that way. So for Kyle, my personal opinion, Mark, for Kyle to reflect back and be like, I'm going back with. with my dad had been showing me the blueprint. I just went away from it. And I'm going back to the blueprint. And I think it's still stuck in his head. This is how we're going to win the Super Bowl by being very violent, getting guys who are super aggressive, whether they're on the offensive side or defensive side. And we're going to run the ball and play good defense. Attitude is the word I key in on there, Ike, because how many other receivers as well is the highlight play? Not a circus catch, not 100 yards of production, but the downfield blocking. That's the highlight standout play and Brandon Ayuk caught all eight passes thrown his way as well but it was the downfield block on McCaffrey's long touchdown run to open the second half in week one that really put that game away against the Steelers before I get to my pick Ike we're going to tell our listeners and viewers about betonline.ag they'll take care of all of your NFL gambling needs this season head over to betonline.ag to play uh, today player props game spreads, over-unders, betonline.ag is the place for any of your gambling needs, Ike. 365, 24-7, regardless on what sport you want to bet on, but y'all make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. And you can see the promo code on your screen right now, BLEAV, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, BetOnline, where the game starts. Ike, I'll go to my score prediction for the Steelers-Browns game in week two. I got the Steelers taking care of business at home 20-17. to I think it's going to be a ball control game, which team has better time of possession, which team can run the ball more effectively. It's a tall task against Nick Chubb, but Najee Harris has played well in his career against the Browns, and I expect him to get going early. And the Steelers to commit more to the running game, a lot more than they did in week one. Again, only 10 rushing attempts in the opener against the 49ers. Not really a recipe against a 49ers team to have success, but when you're facing a deficit uh, in this one, I think controlling 
the line of scrimmage, getting Kenny Pickett comfortable. I do think the Steelers take care of business at home, and I think they win by three on Monday night. Make sure y'all go to betonline.ag to bet on the Steelers and the Browns game. All right, Ike, we'll keep this rolling. A few other topics to get to. The Eagles taking care of business against the Vikings on Thursday night football. Vikings now have lost two games, both one-score games. Ike, remember, they were 11-0 a season ago in one-score games. To me, this wasn't on Kirk Cousins at all. I think the Eagles are just building off what they did a year ago. Uh, Super Bowl contender Swift goes off last night. Eagles didn't have Gainwell. They're running back. They were missing two starters in their secondary, and they don't miss a beat uh, at home. But Ike, to me, it's as simple as this with the Vikings. Now that they're 0-2, it's just those games that were going in their favor a year ago are now just a little bit tougher where it's tough to win one-score games. And in the NFL, the, the margins are just razor, razor thin. Yeah, the tie's turn for the Vikings. They didn't play a bad game at all. Had a few mishaps. Um, they had that touchback touch back by J.J. in the end zone. I think that kind of turned the game around a little bit, gave gave the Eagles uh, an extra possession. But at the same time, the Eagles not even playing um, at their peak, and that's scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, for them to have a D.C. go and an O.C. go, and you get a new O.C. and a new D.C., and y'all still trying to figure things out, and y'all still winning ball games, says a lot. Five starters missing coming uh, from across the board, whether it's on the offense or defensive side. Some guys retired. Some guys went to other teams to get some new money. And now you just got a group of dogs, literally Georgia dogs, just sitting on that defense and <laughs> offensive side. Yeah. That's, that's, that's scary, Mark. So that's, that's what I got from looking at the game on my phone because my son had a game too last night. From looking at the game on my phone, I'm like, these dudes went into a hostile environment in New England. We all know when you play Belichick, you're not about to score a bunch of points. It's going to be super hard for you. Them guys are going to be very disciplined. And to play okay against Minnesota and still come out with a win and everybody's not gelling, gelling yet, that's midseason. Mark, midseason with this, with this Eagles team, it's going to be scary because everybody's trying to figure each other out on the offense and defensive side, especially with these new coordinators. Yeah, Ike, that sneak play the Eagles have in short yarded situations. When I'm looking at Twitter saying, oh, should the NFL ban this play? Stop it if you're a defense. And that's such an effective tool in short yarded situations, third and short, fourth and short, to where I know if it's a short yarded situation, Hertz is going to be able to snap the ball and they're going to be able to get a yard, two yards, maybe even three, uh, just given what the Eagles are able to do at the line of scrimmage with their offensive line. I mean, I mean, her, her squad over 600 some pounds. And if Tom Brady, quarterback. If, if, <laughs> if, if Tom Brady can, can, can damn near lead the lead, you know, in, in third and ones and quarterback sneaks, well, no, nobody better than Tom when he was doing it. So if Tom can get extra possessions, what do you think Jalen going to do? It just makes sense. And my grandma used to mm-hmm. say all the time, common sense ain't common for a lot of people. So if I got a quarterback who can sit on the squat rack, squat over 600-something pounds, and I got one of the best offensive line, and it's third and one, maybe third and two, hey, don't even worry about me. You already know what player is going to be called. It's me calling Jalen Hurts sneak. <laughs> That's exactly what it's going to be called, and it makes plenty of sense. Yeah, Brady was really good at it in his career, too. Um, but, yeah, it's – to me, too, and I know the Vikings have injuries along their offensive line, too, the strip sack – 
fumble of Cousins really put it away. And then Justin Jefferson trying to make a play and fumbling into the end zone. And the Eagles get it back for a touchback at the end of the first half. Uh, Jefferson's a special, special receiver for the Vikings. But uh, to me, it's like at least Cousins gave them a shot to win. There's going to be people saying like, oh, he just covered. And to me, he wasn't really the issue because the Vikings couldn't run the ball. And understandably so, because the Eagles are so stout defensively. Uh, I mean, you got to understand two things happen. The offensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles dominated when they needed to. Um, Swift, what, Swift had over 165 yards rushing? Swift yeah, he ball. went off. He went off. Yeah. So when, when, when you look at that, it was just that kind of day. So as a play caller, um, when you see your offensive line in the rhythm like that, there is no need for me to pass. I don't need Jalen Hurts to go crazy. Let me just hand the ball off to Swift. And, that, and that's that's exactly – what, what they did. So in between Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins played a heck of a game. Really, Kirk Cousins kept them in the game, to to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But they ran out of time. You know, when you got when you when you got two a two headed monster so far sitting over there with Swift and company, and the offensive line, and they getting four and five yards a pop, and they controlling the line, and the offensive line getting in the rhythm, and ain't too much you can really do because you really. You really understand it's Parker and uh, A.J. Brown sitting out there. So I'd rather y'all run it for them boys to keep striking up the band on us. So <laughs> that's that's what it was. But Kirk, I didn't I didn't think Kirk played bad at all. Kirk Cousins had a heck of a game. They just ran out of time. That was because of the rushing attack from the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Other week two matchups, I want to discuss two AFC matchups like that I'm looking at this weekend that are going to be very telling. Let's keep it in the AFC North to start out. Ravens at Bengals, and the Bengals, to me, I don't see them starting out 0-2 for back-to-back seasons. Now, I know they didn't look good in week one against the Browns, but I look at all the injuries that the Ravens have already in week two of the seasons. We know that Dobbins is going to be out with the season-ending injury. Marcus Williams, Ronnie Stanley, Tyre Linderbaum, Marlon Humphrey, all not expected to play in this game. I think the Bengals regroup at home in this AFC North matchup, but a big one early on because if the Ravens can start out 2-0 and and the Bengals are 0-2, it completely flips with how I expected this division to go. I To me... Cincinnati at the top of its game is still the best team in this division, but this is going to be a very telltale game in another AFC North matchup this weekend. It's, it's going to be on Joe Burrow mobility, bro. I'm telling you. And from what it looked like last game, it look, he, he's still thinking about that calf and the, the, the mobility and what he wants it to be. Um, just looking at it from afar, feel like he wanted to be out there, but he didn't want to be out there. So it's, it's going to be telltelling on his mobility in that calf market. One thing we do know, regardless of what's going on, uh, the Ravens are always keeping them a defense in the running game. And now you see Zay uh, Flowers doing what he did in college in the NFL and OBJ, he's going to eat off that as well. And they didn't have Mark Andrews the last game either. So we shall, we, we shall see. So um, to think about it, I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens pulled that off. I know we're saying we, who, who we want to win and what's expected, <laughs> but at the same time, I'm just looking at I'm just looking at Joe Burrow and his mobility. Um, me, I think me, I think it's more mental than anything. And if you can't move a little bit, Joe Joe already 
isn't like a super athletic quarterback. Mm-hmm. So for him, so for him to have that calf uh, lingering during the season, I hope that won't be an issue. Do you hunt that as a defensive player, Ike? Is that something as a defensive player or like as a defense you would try to script and game plan for going into a matchup like this? Uh, as a defense coordinator, I'm trying to see. As soon as third down come, I'm putting I'm putting pressure just to see if he can move. Mm. And, and, and then I'm going to go again and see if he can move. Now, if he ain't moving, it's going to be a long day for him. If he moving, it's like, okay. His calf feels better than it did last week. But that first third down, I'm putting nothing but pressure on him just to check that calf out. Yeah. And remember, his rookie year, he had that ACL injury too. So, like, look, when the Steelers play the Bengals, I want to beat Joe Burrow straight up, but uh, only three points on the scoreboard. And then I got T. Higgins on my fantasy team, and I keep put up a goose egg in week one, and I'm like, this is T. Higgins we're talking about, right? In a contract season, so... I think they'll regroup. The Bengals started out slow last year, and Burrow hasn't practiced a lot either. We'll see how he looks in week two. The other matchup I'm looking at, Ike, also in the AFC, Jags and Chiefs. Jags, an up-and-coming team, the team I like in the AFC South, and then the Chiefs coming off a Super Bowl title, losing in week one to the Lions. They'll probably get Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones back. This, to me, is like a sneaky, I don't want to say it, but I'll say it, Potential AFC championship game type matchup in week two. Cannot wait to see what happens here at this game down in Jacksonville early this season. I know it gets hot in Florida. It's still very hot in September. So how the Chiefs and Jags match up, that's the other matchup that I have circled on my calendar on Sunday. Man, you know, Patrick Mahomes will always be Patrick Mahomes. As long as you got Patrick Mahomes, you got a chance. Um, it's going to be up to the receiving court now just to catch the ball, you know? So the receivers catch the ball. Hopefully you get Travis Kelsey back. Um, even, if, even if Travis is a decoy, that says a lot. Everybody else will be open. So Pat going to be Pat. I ain't worrying about Pat. Um, I saw even though they lost their first week, um, Patrick Mahomes was still Patrick Mahomes. He gave them number of chances. Uh, the receivers just had too many drops. The receivers catch the ball on this yeah. one. Um, Patrick Mahomes still at the helm. They got action. You get Travis Kelsey back, they got action. Now, on the flip side of that, Sunshine, Trevor Lawrence, um, you're talking about coming to his own, and I've been saying this for the longest, the, the, the best thing in free agency, in free agency this year was them getting Calvin Ridley. All he's been his whole life is a damn dog, you know, so – they wind up getting Calvin Ridley. Ridley. They just gave us a simple advertise on what can happen and what what's for us to look at for the season between them two. Then you got Travis Etienne. Then you got Ingram sitting at the tight end position. Then your defense, all they want to do is fly around and hit people and make people go home crying. So you can say what you want to say about this team. They remind me of the NFC, NFC Detroit. All we want to do is play tough physical football. We just so happen to have a real good quarterback who's figuring this, figuring this out. Y'all better watch out. Yes, Ike and uh, Kadarius Tony redemption game. We shall see after four drops in the opener for the Chiefs. Just got to get him some stickum, Ike. It's pretty simple. Like we'll look the other way. We'll get him some stickum and we'll move on. Uh, last topic, Ike. Really twofold. Now that Aaron Rodgers is out for the Jets. If the Jets made Ike Taylor their GM, 
for to say, hey, what are we going to do at the quarterback position? What do you do? Because right now, I'll see Zach Wilson will start the week two game, Mike. It's a tough six-game stretch to open the season for the Jets. But what do you think that they should do? Because Zach Wilson will be the guy. Boyle's behind him. I know there's rumors to say, hey, could we bring Joe Flacco back? We saw what, how that played out last season. But what would you do in this scenario if you're in charge of the Jets? Ain't nothing. The best thing we did was get Aaron Rodgers, the, the show Zach, um, and his ego – Calm, calm, calm the, calm the f down, chill out, watch a professional work, and and do what you need to do. I don't need Zach to be Aaron Rodgers. I need Zach to be Zach Wilson. Um, Zach to not always look for the big play. Zach when he sees a tight end crossing, check it down. Zach when he sees a running back coming out of the backfield, check it down. That's that's all I need Zach to do. And when you need to run, run. If you need to throw the ball out of bounds when you're running outside the pocket, throw the ball outside out of bounds when you're running outside the pocket. That's all I need Zach to do. For me, I don't think it was nothing on the field. I think it was more off the field with Zach. I think Zach was getting too big, getting too ahead of himself off the field more than anything. I think he was just listening a lot to the, a lot to the Kool-Aid on how good he was. And one thing I love about football, it's a humbling sport. You can be good. You can be good one year. You can be out the lead the next one of the two. And he understood what it was when it came down to the business side. So for you, um, as a young lad coming in at the quarterback to be like, if they bring a quarterback in, he's going to give him hell. What's it? Well, shoot. Let me see you give Aaron Rodgers hell because this is the guy we're about to acquire in the offseason. Calm, humble yourself, sit down, learn what it is on this business side what it is to be a quarterback in the NFL. From that point on, Zach, when I watched the sideline, when when AR got hurt and I watched that sideline, mm. they them boys looked at Zach like, okay, Zach finally got it. He finally got it. When I saw his receivers talking to him and Zach looked them in the eyes and looked, Zach, AR is down, but we need you from this point on, Zach finally got it. You know, Zach didn't know whether he was going to wait a year or two, depending on what AR did, but it came in the fourth pre fourth regular season snap. Now he's back to starter. Now I think he's ready. I think for 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 me, Mark, it was the maturity level from Zach on knowing how to carry himself, whether he was in front of the mic or in or out that building on what it was to be an NFL quarterback. That's what I thought it was. I thought he had all the tools. So now you acquire Aaron Rodgers and him have to sit and see how a professional acts, think, and what he does coming in. He's better off now. Ike, this is where we're going to agree to disagree. I watched some of the Manning cast, and I know it's one clip. I know it's one play. Uh -huh. When I see Peyton Manning losing his mind over Zach Wilson, trying to uh -huh. run around behind the line of scrimmage instead of, instead of executing the play, stepping up into the pocket, knowing where to throw the ball, doing the things that aren't always popular and aren't the flashy play, but sometimes you live to see another down. I've just seen that with a big enough sample size, in my opinion, with Zach Wilson. At least for the short term, he'll have his opportunity with the Jets. If I'm the Jets, though, and it doesn't look good in week two, I'd call over to the Titans where they've got Malik Willis. They've got uh, uh, Will Levis from the draft. Tannehill's over there. 
I consider calling the Cowboys because they just tra- traded for a Trey Lance. You got Dak, Trey Lance. Hey, what would you want for Cooper Rush? I've heard Jacoby Brissett's name out there. The name you'll hear today, too, is Kirk Cousins now that the Vikings are 0-2. I'm really looking at this week two game and, and really putting it under a microscope, Ike, because this Jets team is just too talented not to at least compete in that division. I don't know if they'll go to the Super Bowl. I don't know if they were going to go to the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, but they have a lot of talent, a lot of different levels of their team. And I just don't want Zach Wilson holding that back this season. So that's just, that's where I'm at. And uh, someone in the comments saying, sign Cam Newton. Uh, There's going to be a lot of names thrown out there, but I just, I haven't seen it from Zach Wilson to this point. And again, I look at what Peyton Manning is saying during the Manning cast. That was very telling in my opinion. Yeah. At the same time, he just, he just, I mean, the game plan was Aaron, Aaron Rodgers the whole time as well. That's, so fair. Your whole, That's your, fair. Your whole, your whole game plan, plan changed. And then you got to think about it. When, when we was watching hard knocks, what they were saying, offensive line, offensive line. So of course the man is going to be running around scrambling for his life. It was an issue where Aaron Rodgers was starting. It's going to be an issue when Zach Wilson is starting. So I'm with you there, Ike. I'm with so, you there about the Jets line. I'm with so you. So Tom Mattel, will we will we use more tight ends? Will we go to a 12 personnel now to help out? And we'll figure it out on third down. Or are we just going to put all our chips on the table and say, Zach, take over? I don't think they. I, I don't think now they're going to say, Zach, take over. I think it'll, it'll become more of a 12 personnel team, Mark. Make sure you get comfortable, get them in the groove. Then when we need on these third down situations, let, let Zach be Zach. And hopefully that's a good thing. Ike, really quickly to wrap the show, a lot was made about Rogers' injury with the Achilles on playing on the turf at MetLife. I wanted to get your perspective, given that you played in the league for 12 years, on the differences between playing on natural grass versus playing on turf. And then like, and then like that grass. Um, I'm so glad mm-hmm. Pittsburgh drafted me and we was at uh Heinz Field at the time on that grass. Um I was watching the I was watching the show this morning and Plex was on that show, Plexico Birds, a former teammate of mine. He was on the show and he said he he was talking to uh Ladanian Thomason, Hall of Fame running back at the time, the San Diego Chargers, mm-hmm. on how the hell he stayed so healthy his whole career. Ladanian broke it down to him and said, Man, in in the AFC West, all our fields are grass. So when, so when you're in grass, when you hit the ground, the ground a little bit softer. When you're in grass, when, you're, when, when somebody tackles you, the foot don't get stuck in the ground because the grass gives like how it would with a turf. When, you, when, you're, when you're in grass, um, when you're jumping and coming down to the ball, it don't feel like you're coming down on concrete than it do grass. So grass, grass has pre- prevented a lot of injuries. Now, if you talk to the owners, they say it's a maintenance thing. But hey, but 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 hell, Mark, we talking about billionaires. So y'all want to call it which y'all won't call it on which y'all won't call it. So grass is an issue every year. But you know, having a six, seven hundred million dollar yacht ain't an issue at all. I get it. That's a whole nother story. Uh, we call that player safety. Since y'all want to talk about that one, so at the same time, um, it's just the grass just gives, man. The grass is more natural. The grass just does something to your body. And usually what it does is helpful. So at this sport being so contact and you're able and you got to move laterally, you got to stop and go. You're already putting a whole lot on your body anyway. And just adding that turf 
Um, it, it's, 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 it's tough. It's tough on the body. For maintenance issue as an owner, it's, it's no hassle. You know, you just lay it down and you're good. But for us as players, it's hard on the body. But with Plexico, Burr said earlier, um, him talking to LaDainian Thomason, Hall of Fame running back from the San Diego Chargers at the time, where he said on why his why he think his career lasted so long made plenty of sense, and it's because of playing on that grass. Makes a lot of sense to me, Ike. And when I see that they bring in natural grass, even on turf surfaces for like World Cup, uh, European style, whether it's why. Premier League, other things, mm-hmm. it's like, why are we not doing this? For- it's the same sport, Mark. American football and football, it, it's, it's, the, it's the same. It's the, you're doing the same movements. You, it's just soccer, not, they don't have helmets and equipment on and they're not hitting each other. But as far as like lateral movements, vertical movements, it's the same thing, Mark. It's, the one, it's, yeah, and the one thing I would say, Ike, would be if the grass isn't isn't well maintained, then I would prefer playing on turf. But again, we're talking about billion dollar organizations that should not be rocket science to figure out of hey, what do we need to do to make sure that this field stays in decent shape for eight home games, nine home games during a regular season. It's not like they're even playing every single day or even every other day for that matter. Uh, Ike, terrific perspective there. We have to wrap. We're up against time. I want to thank you, the Believe Network, today's presenting sponsor, betonline.ag. Please go like our YouTube page, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to the Believe in Steelers show. Ike, you're the absolute best. And if there's anything else I've left out, please feel free to take off here. Uh, I want to thank you, Mark. Always, always a pleasure doing business with my brother. One thing to believe in still this podcast for rocking with us. One thing, betonline.ag for being with us from day one. Want to thank all the viewers and the listeners for tuning in, man. Anytime y'all got questions, make sure y'all hit Mark and I up and we'll be sure to answer them. Make sure y'all give us a five star. I know how y'all like y'all hotels and y'all food. And we are the same way. Well, five star podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for watching Believe in Steelers. We'll see you next time. Take care. So long, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.